As a former Australian immigration officer, I saw a lot of people's hopes crushed when they spent thousands of dollars to get an education in Australia, only to find out after graduation that their field of study no longer qualified for a visa. So in today's episode, we're going to take a look at the top mistakes that people make when they're trying to migrate to Australia. Hi, I'm Rhea Pavole, CEO and founder of Solvi Migration, providing simple solutions for Australian migration. If you want to work, study, or even just vacay in Australia, then you've come to the right place for expert tips on how to stop the confusion and choose the right pathway for a holiday, student visa, or permanent residency in Australia. Join me on Making Australian Migration Easy. As we say in Australia, no worries, mate. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Making Australian Migration Easy. I'm Rhea Favole, your host and CEO and founder of Solvi Migration and former Australian immigration official. Last week, we looked at your current skills and experience that might contribute to getting an Australian visa. We also considered what the fastest pathways were and some of the benefits of considering professional assistance. So what I really want to focus on for today is some of the three top mistakes that we see with people planning their migration to Australia, or not planning as the case may be. What I want to emphasize today is just how important it is to understand what steps are involved and understand how your qualifications or experience might translate to a visa. So in the first example of a common mistake that I see is people not understanding which particular industries are being targeted for visas in Australia. There are lots of different skilled occupation lists and for some positions, they won't be on that list. For other positions, whilst they're on the list, there's only certain types of visas that are attributed to that. So a good example of this that I have found over my career in immigration, uh, it operates on a bit of a cycle of skills. Uh, for example, hairdressing. I've seen a lot of times where People will come to Australia, they're studying hairdressing, and then by the time they finish the qualification, the government has actually taken that occupation off the skills list. Now, currently, as I'm recording today, it is back on the skills list. You do need to have had your skills assessed, though. Uh, so there's a number of things that you would need to understand. So if you're already a qualified hairdresser and wanting to come to Australia, you would need to have your skills assessed and that would be assessed in English. So if English is a second language, you would need to make sure that your English skills were at a standard that you could pass the assessment. You're not allowed to have uh, an interpreter or translation for that examination. So with that in mind, as I've seen, sometimes it's been removed from the list. So if you choose to study certain things in Australia that have at times been removed from the skills list, there is a bit of a risk that uh, advice and research that you might take right now may not result in a visa down the track. So that's why in this podcast series, I like to focus on key industries that have continued to appear on the occupation skills list for migration purposes. Along that same line, I've also seen situations where people will come to Australia, maybe on something like a working holiday or maybe a short work visa, and they will acquire some work because they, or even if they're studying, they get a job. Uh, you have work rights, so it's not tied to any particular industry. Then as their study or their working holiday is coming to an end, uh, they may want to stay with that employer. 
And this is where when people haven't planned properly, I see issues come up with their migration because they may have been studying something and it doesn't align with the kind of work that they're currently in. So at the end of that, they haven't actually gained work experience that is relevant to their qualification, nor can that employer offer them a job that matches that qualification. So I did have a client uh, who was uh, working for a removalist company, but he was studying ICT network engineering. So they didn't have a position that they would be able to offer him. And then it gets very complex to try and find a migration pathway because removalist is currently not on the skills list in Australia. Again, this is at the time of recording this podcast, things do change. So the next part that I'd like to talk about is very commonly, I will have clients and I know colleagues do as well. You have clients who say, but I've got a friend who did it this way, or I've got a family member who did it this way, or I've read it on a forum or heard it. It's what I like to call visa potluck, where people are assuming that they've heard something or something's rumored, and that's as much research as they do about their own visa pathway. So really understanding and doing your research clearly to look at your own situation, not just compare with someone else's, because there's so many other factors that people may not be aware of. Um, Is the skill now on or off the occupation list? Did they study the exact same qualification? Was that qualification completed in the same country? Do you have the same English language skills if your English is a second language for you? Uh, Have you been offered employment in the exact type of position or position description? Is that employer able to sponsor you? If people are talking, some people like to consider the state or territory nomination programs. Um, Those are wonderful, but every single jurisdiction will only have a certain number of occupations that they might invite you to make a visa application and that differs uh, in each of the seven uh, states and territories around Australia. And also the government allocates them a limited number of visas that they're allowed to decide which occupations to invite to apply. So you're not guaranteed that you're going to get an invitation, even if you have what they would call the right number of points it doesn't guarantee an invitation. So I'll often advise people that they need to have uh, what I call a plan B, a second visa pathway in mind if they're adamant that they want to come to Australia and migrate. And the last point that I will make is not understanding whether or not your work experience and qualifications will allow you to work in the same field in Australia. So That's a common issue uh, because Australia has a certain framework for its immigration rules. So a degree that might be completed in one country is not considered the same type of qualification under the Australian framework. And that will be determined predominantly with a skills assessment, although there's some fields like ICT where that's not going to be as necessary you will need to also prove the work experience that you have is aligned with a similar role to being in Australia. When you sort of dive into that, there's a number of things that people need to be aware of. There are age limits and I work, for example, with clients who may look to migrate through pathways that may have uh, some exemptions so that the age limit is slightly higher. 
Uh, those are called designated area migration agreements, and they do have some what's called concessions, either around the level of English that's required for that occupation and some for the age, but they're all very specific to which occupation. So it's not again, for all and any type of work, uh, and you still will need to meet the required uh, skills of that particular occupation. So there are a number of those designated area agreements. For example, the Northern Territory in Australia, the whole of the Northern Territory has a designated area migration agreement. Uh, there are others in other jurisdictions, um, but they might be tied either to a particular organisation or a state council, for example. Um, you will need to become familiar with those if there's particular occupations that you're going for. Uh, I have current clients who I'm working with and they had thought because the wife had a much higher qualification, she had two master's degrees, uh, that she was going to be what's called the primary applicant and her husband and children would be dependent. But when we actually did a consultation with them, whilst the husband had, uh, you know, vocational qualifications, they had been completed in Australia and he had substantial work experience. And the particular occupation code that he will work in is actually available in a lot more regions than the wife's. The wife, there is only one migration pathway. So there's a lot to consider. Uh, and that's another example of why it's sometimes helpful to talk to a professional about your case. So just a little recap of what we've discussed today. I've talked about the three common mistakes that people make uh, in trying to decide their migration pathway to coming to Australia. Uh, the first was not knowing which industries are approved for you to migrate to Australia. Uh, and secondly, assuming that because you've got family or friends and heard something or read something on social media, that you're gonna have the same visa pathway as that particular example. And then lastly, it's not understanding whether or not your qualifications and work experience will allow you to work in the same field in Australia. There's a little bit of homework to do with that, but what I would like to wrap up with today, thank you so much for listening, of course. Uh, and if you'd like to know more, please do like and subscribe and follow and give us a beautiful five-star rating so we can continue doing these shows. And as a special thank you for being my listeners today, I would like to offer you $50 off a visa consultation if you're ready to uh, start mapping out your pathway to come to Australia. And all you need to do is go to the Solvi Migration website. That's www.solvimigration.com.au. And you just click on the button to book a consultation. When you're in there, there is an option to enter this discount code, which is only available for a limited time to my listeners. And that's 50 off. That's 500F. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all have a fantastic week. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Making Australian Migration Easy with me, your host, Rhea Favole. If you're ready to get started on your pathway to Australia, you can book a consultation on our website, solvimigration.com.au. That's solvimigration.com.au. 
If you've enjoyed the show and have learned a thing or two, please share, rate and review our podcast. Your feedback means the world to us as we try and let more people know the best way to study and work in Australia in a way that sets them up for long-term success. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you later.